Well, hey friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And in this week, which is number four in our series on building an online business, we're gonna talk about my top five tips for getting your business started. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all faring well these days. So yeah, in this week's episode, we are going to talk about online business, the five big tips I have in terms of, you know, pitfalls to avoid or things to really think about when it comes to building an online business. Because online business is a little bit different from in-person businesses. It's not completely different, that's for sure. I think you've probably, if you've been listening to all three episodes um, as we've gone, you've probably come to understand that it's not actually that much different from building a brick and mortar business. Is this that you have to think about doing things behind a computer screen rather than in person face to face with people. There's a lot more sort of email and that kind of thing than there is, you know, phone calls, Uh, a lot more zoom and not, you know, in person meetings, depending, of course, on the type of business that you're running, maybe zoom has no part of your business as you're just selling products. But I think you see what I'm trying to say here. So to recap here, in episode one, we talked about what online business is and what it's not and whether or not it's a good fit for you. And in episode two, we talked about finding your solid business idea that actually could make you some income. And in episode three, we talked about finding and building an audience of people who actually want to make a purchase from you and aren't just sort of vaguely interested in you. So now let's talk about five big tips for getting your online business started and making it more successful. So number one is research what other businesses are doing. Now, when I say research, I am not suggesting that you try and copy them or that you end up in this sort of a comparison trap where you're worried because you're not as successful as they are, your your product doesn't look as fancy or any of that kind of imposter syndrome, comparison trap stuff. No, the reason why you do research is to understand and know what's already out there so you can provide something that's a little bit different. And so you can add value to what's already out there and to, you know, to the the client base, the customer base that you want to build. And of course, to avoid inadvertently copying somebody because you never want to end up in that situation. Let me tell you a story actually about about that. I'm not so sure this was inadvertent, but it definitely was awkward. So here in Canada, there is a company that makes vegan cheese. Vegan cheese is not revolutionary. If you're not vegan and you didn't know, um, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of vegan cheese companies out there. So this is not something revolutionary. The product itself is not. However, this company, which is now based on the West Coast, has, you know, a certain look and branding and packaging and coloring and, and in, ter- in terms of like what their, their uh, website and their packaging looks like. And this other company pretty much copied their exact 
packaging and look and feel, and even some of the phrases that they use to market their cheese product. And while you might say, oh, like, oh, Candace, come on, like, that's a bit silly, like, does it matter? Yeah, it does matter because ultimately when you are competing in the market for customers or clients, you want to make sure that your product stands out from the crowd and is different, right? So that's why if, for example, you decided you wanted to use the Nike swoosh in your in your marketing and their, and their colors and, you know, and you wanted to put just do it on things, you're probably going to hear from Nike and they're probably going to send you a cease and desist order, right? It's the same idea here, only we're talking about two small businesses, um, especially since the, the business from the West Coast, their marketing um, and their packaging uh, was actually featured on some you know, design websites because people really liked the design. It was award winning, actually. So all's to say, you know, if the other cheese company, the newer one, had just done their research, they could have avoided this awkward situation where now like the the company on the West Coast is is legally, you know, trying to take action against them for copying their branding. You don't want to end up in that situation. That's what I'm trying to say. So do your research not only so that you can find new ideas, find ways to innovate from what other businesses are doing. Make sure that you're not exactly the same as the other businesses. What makes you unique? What makes you different? What's your different spin on this product or service? That kind of thing. As well as so you know what's already out there so you don't end up inadvertently copying somebody else's ideas like literally verbatim because you don't want to end up doing that. That is not good both from a legal standpoint and just from like a customer care kind of standpoint. Nobody nobody wants to be labeled like the the copycat who was just trying to steal somebody else's product, right? You, you don't end up want to end up in that situation. So you definitely want to avoid that. It also helps you plan your business. It helps you look at what's been done, how others have structured their offers or priced their product or timed their online classes or when they do their sales, any of that kind of stuff. This lets you know what people are already paying for and what price or cost the market is already willing to support, which is great for planning your own stuff, right? If you know somebody is already willing to pay, say, $100 for a similar product, that is really great information for you trying to figure out what you should price your product or service at. Now let's move on to point number two. So researching is really important and it's a pitfall that you kind of need to avoid, like not doing your research, right? Because if you don't do your research, you're probably not going to have a very successful business. Let's be honest about that. Pitfall number two or thing number two or point number two is that you need a website. It is non-negotiable. And I also strongly recommend thinking about your branding as well. Now, we talked about branding a second ago with this whole vegan cheese thing. So we'll, we'll dive a bit more into that in a second. But it is 2020. Get yourself a website. Don't just rely on social media, okay? It's okay to have a simple DIY website. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you all need to hire me to make your website. I don't do e-commerce anyway if you're building a shop. But in all seriousness, just because I'm a web designer doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, well, you, you all need websites. Like, no. If you don't have the budget or time to hire a professional, you can do a really simple DIY website. It's completely fine. What you need to do is make sure your website has front and center how to join your email list, like we talked about last week, the importance of the email list, or how to purchase from you. It obviously depends where you are in your business, 
Um, you know, are you gathering emails or is it more focused on selling your specific product? Think about that. But ultimately, have a simple website, make it really easy for people to do the thing you need them to do. Again, buy your product immediately or join your email list. And it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, at least to start. You know, definitely if you are building an online shop, you do need to have your products easy to purchase. But that also doesn't have to be a website that's super fancy with lots of bells and whistles to start either. It can be very simple using a very simple template from, you know, Shopify or whoever, you know, Square, whoever it is that you're building it with. Now, as for the branding component that we just mentioned a minute ago, it doesn't have to be something complicated. It can just be... What is branding, by the way? You know, for those of you who don't know, um, branding is the overall sort of look and feel of your business that makes it memorable to somebody. So it's not just about visuals. It's also about the wording that you use. It's also about how you interact with people. It's a lot of different components that make people sort of feel a certain way, right? But in this case, we are talking actually about visual branding. When I talk about sort of have some memorable branding, I am specifically talking about visual branding. So Pick some colors or maybe have an inexpensive logo created by somebody and use these on your website and, and social media if you have social media to tie everything together. It just helps make your business more recognizable and memorable and even kind of a bit more professional looking, which in turn will help you bring in sales or bookings because people are more willing to pay for something if something looks like it's an actual legit company and not just sort of a fly by night kind of thing, right? Tip number three, so I think I think you understand why a website is important and it doesn't have to be fancy, but tip number three is don't spend too much time on social media. Now, we talked about this a little bit in last week's episode. Social media is really great for a lot of things. It's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to interact with people, but it can also be a huge time suck. So it should be in addition to your business a little bit later on, not the primary thing you focus on. So many people spend so much time on social media, but if you spent that time on trying to cultivate an email list or improving your product or whatever it is to sort of move your business forward to actually make sales, you will find your income increases so much faster. So things to focus on instead, focus on your website, focus on your email list, focus on um, where to actually find your target clients and, you know, go there to interact with them. Outreach, in other words. Social media is a good focus later on once you've got that established clientele, once you've got income coming in. Now, I'll actually tell you a little bit of a personal story here. Over the last little while, I have decided to uh, spend a lot less time on social media, both in my personal life and in my professional life. The reason why is because I wasn't getting results from social media. Um, I do still post on occasion on Instagram. That's the, the main platform I still have continued to use, as those of you who follow me on Instagram have probably noticed. But I'm not posting very often. And the reason why is because I there's only one of me, you know, uh, there's no, I'm, I'm a company of one. <laughs> so I only have limited number of hours in the day and I don't want to work hundred hour weeks. So in order to do that, you know, in order to effectively run my business, I have to figure out, okay, how do we, uh, how do we make this work? How do I, how do I, uh, how do I bring in clients? Social media, generally speaking, is not the answer to that for me. So I have actually been finding it very effective to instead spend my time on Pinterest, spend my time on this podcast. It's, it's a nice adjunct. 
Um, and yeah, just focus on actually finding clients, getting referrals from previous clients, that kind of thing. So there's a story, you know, where uh, social media is good, but it's not uh, the end all be all for a lot of people. So um, yeah, just something to think about. It's it's okay to use it, but especially to, you know, build relationships with people. And I still do use it to a certain extent. But yeah, um, my email list is certainly more important in terms of making actual sales and getting people to book in for website projects or buy my ebook, right? So social media aside, I think you all get the, the point there, what I'm trying to say. Um, I want to bring up point number four, and that is customer service. Do not skimp on customer service because it's so, 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 so important for online businesses. Now, customer service does not mean answering your emails in five minutes. I know that Facebook, for example, has this thing where it, record, it rewards, not records, rewards businesses for replying to um, messenger messages in like, you know, very short amount of time. But like, you don't need to do that. That is not what we're talking about when we talk about good customer service. So it doesn't mean replying to things in five minutes or less. It doesn't mean having a customer is always right, uh, you know, attitude. It doesn't mean letting people walk all over you. Absolutely not. It just means being professional and friendly with your communications, communicating very clearly, being organized, getting back to people in a reesonable amount of time. Again, you know, it doesn't have to be five minutes, but you know, if somebody emails you in the morning, first thing in the morning, maybe get back to them that same day, unless it happens to be the, the day that you're off, that kind of thing. Um, go to the extra mile sometimes. That's also part of customer service. Like, for example, you say you're going to get something back to them in a week, but you end up getting it back to them in four days. People usually really appreciate that kind of thing. It doesn't mean you have to always do it that way. But people do appreciate those sorts of things and they think about it and it makes them that much more likely want or to want to refer your service or product or whatever it is to someone else, right? It's the same thing with products. Like maybe you're, you know, with service businesses, you know, you can have like that deliver it in four days rather than, you know, a week. Same thing with products. Um, maybe you said, you know, well, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to ship for a week and a half because we hand make things, da, da, da. And then you're actually able to ship it to them within five days, let's say. People are usually really excited when you tell them that. Like, oh, great, I get my product sooner than I thought. Fabulous. So yeah, under promise and over deliver, as we say. And of course, the other thing about customer service is dealing with upset or unhappy clients or customers promptly and fairly. Again, this doesn't mean letting people walk all over you. It doesn't mean letting people swear at you or treat you like garbage. It just means, you know, um, being respectful, not resorting to being rude, not resorting to sending like one line, you know, emails to them saying like, you know, I'll get back to you tomorrow, you know, because you don't want to deal with them. Like it just means dealing with them very professionally, calmly. If that means when you open their message and you get really mad, maybe walk away from the computer for a little while, catch your breath think about what is the most respectful way to respond and then respond, that kind of thing. So just dealing with people compassionately, uh, pro as promptly as possible, but also respectfully and fairly. So if somebody's unhappy with your product and you have a very specific return policy, following the return policy, even if the person is being rude to you. Again, doesn't mean you have to allow people to walk all over you, but sometimes you just kind of, depending on how bad it is, right? If somebody's being extremely rude, 
you don't have to put up with that. But if somebody is just being a little bit cranky at you, sometimes it's just good to just diffuse the situation, give them their money back and move on, right? So that's all part of customer service as well, is dealing with angry customers or clients. You probably had to do it occasionally in your service-based business. I certainly had a few clients over the years who weren't happy with my massage style or felt it, you know, it was too deep tissue or didn't like the way I talked or something, you know, that's just part of having a business. So that's part of it as well, just thinking about how you will deal with those situations if you have unhappy customers or clients. Number five on my list here is the thing that I really hinted at last week. And that is having mentors or help or coaching. A community around you is so, so, so important when you're building an online business. It's even more important than when you have a brick and mortar business. When you're working online, it can feel really isolating, you know, because you're not, especially now, because we're in a pandemic and a lot of us, like, either we can't go out very much because our local jurisdictions are not allowing it, or because, you know, we we do go outside, but, like, a lot of businesses are closed. You know, certainly here, like, I'll, I'll tell you here in Toronto, like, cafes, for example, are, a lot, are open and restaurants are open for walk-in service only, like, for takeout. Um, it used to be that like you would meet people at cafes to, you know, share a share a coffee and a few laughs, you know, you might meet, you know, even with online business, you might meet clients at cafes, right? Um, that kind of thing. But that doesn't happen anymore, because everything's shut down. So having an online business can feel isolating. So the way to make it not feel isolating is to find that community, find help. Find like-minded people who have experience with online business or are also building an online business at the same time. That way you've got people to commiserate with. That way you've got people to bounce ideas off of. That way you've got people to just hang out with and share like funny puppy gifs with because, you know, or funny videos you found. Like the other day in my entrepreneurs group, which I've got to tell you has been a bit of a lifesaver during covid because it's been great to have people who are going through this similar, like you're you're running an online business, but we've got we've got a pandemic going on. It's been really really helpful with um, just having other people to talk to about it. But the other day, like I shared this adorable video of a raccoon eating Fruit Loops, and everybody really appreciated that. Someone else shared an adorable video of dogs dressed up as panda bears, if I remember correctly, Halloween costumes. So yeah, that you know, just that. Just that having a community, having business coaches is often really, really helpful. It is something I recommended in my book uh, about online business is just have people to help keep you accountable, have people to help you sort out your ideas and have people, if you want to do the online business coach thing, have someone who can actually help you execute on these things, you know, help you sort out things, help you get that email list built, help you with advice on what to put on your website, all that kind of stuff. Business coaching can be a huge thing to help you build that business and give it life. So invest in this, definitely invest in this. Even if you can't afford it right now, there are lots of free Facebook groups out there, for example, or other online groups that are free or very low cost. Research them, look into them, find ones that are the best match for the type of business that you're building. 
And it can go a long way towards not only helping you feel less isolated, but just helping you be very successful as an online business owner. So that's it for our series. I hope that this was helpful to all of you trying to build an online business. If you have questions about online business, you know, you can either ask me on Instagram. That is completely fine. I mentioned that I'm not using it as much, but I do still check messages frequently. So don't worry about that end of it. Or, you know, send me an email, Candice at happylittlebiz.com. And, um, you know, I'll try to get back to you as quickly as I can uh, with the... with any tips that I might have about building an online business. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for our episodes for 2020, I believe. I may put in one more episode before the end of the year. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. But uh, I may do like sort of a 2020 recap or I often have done those, right? Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the, the things go. Um, but yeah, if... if uh, that's the last episode for 2020. Then, uh, you know, take care. I hope you all have a good holiday season, whether you celebrate or not. You know, hopefully you at least have some time to yourself or enjoy some some nice weather and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, until uh, our next episode series, which def- we'll definitely have something in January. Um, take care and I'll be back with you soon enough. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes, and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there, as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.